This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. There is always a journey each of us needs to take. I am grateful for my journey. It was healing and spiritual. When a tough journey enters our life, it is for a reason, and instead of fighting it, embrace it. Though not easy at first, doors close and open for a reason. We learn, become stronger, brace a higher power, and the most important is never ever give up on yourself. Mary. Valeria interviews Mary Kay Savarisi, the author of The Girl in the Toil Wallpaper and Tiger's Love Bubble Baths and Obsession Perfume. Who knew? Mary Kay Savarisi is an award-winning, Amazon best-selling, traditionally published fiction author and speaker. Born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, she earned a degree in accounting from City University and worked with the insurance and financing world. Known for her quirky titles, Mary's debut novel has received five stars and eight awards. Tiger's Love Bubble Baths and Obsession Perfume, Who Knew?, is a mystery romance intertwined with the supernatural. Her recently published novel, The Girl in the Toil Wallpaper, is a fantasy adventure trilogy and the first of the Star Writers trilogy, incorporating time travel and romance. Fantasy fans of high school age and older who look for a blend of mystery, history, romance, and spellbinding intrigue will relish the journey and discoveries which defy time, space, and death. The Girl in the Toil Wallpaper was just awarded the NYC Big Book Award for Fantasy and was an international CIBA finalist for first and grand prize. U.S. Review of Books has compared The Girl in the Toil Wallpaper to Doctor Who and A Wrinkle in Time. Mary appears on iHeartRadio, podcasts, Mindalia TV, cable, YouTube, local publications, and UK radio. After living in Massachusetts, Mary raised her family in Connecticut. She presently resides in Florida, where she spends her time writing, entertaining, and unusual stories that pique her readers' interests. Meet Mary at MaryKSavarisi.com and StarWritersTrilogy.com. Here's the interview with Mary Kay Savarisi. your own words, who is Mary Kay Severis? Hello, Valeria. It's just such a wonderful pleasure to be here with you. Who is Mary Kay Severis? Mm, yes. <laughs> um, somebody who is always looking to improve herself. I am a traditionally published fiction author, which in itself 
was a 10 year journey for myself. And I love to say, and I'm an overnight success, but I am a uh-huh. 10 year overnight <laughs> success. And I am an author that is influenced by events in my life. And I love to write with a quirky title. That's where I begin. And I have wonderful stories associated with my quirky titles, and I am known for those. And what else am I? I'm a wife. I'm a mother, um, a Eucharistic minister. I wear many hats, as women do. And as we find out in our lives, um, things can be tricky at times. Mm, so true. But um, I look forward to many more wonderful things approaching me in life. And you hope they're all good. But sometimes we stumble and we need to stumble for a reason. Yes, that's a very good observation. To stumble, to suffer, to go through challenges for a reason. What reason makes sense to you? Why do we suffer? What is the goal, per se, of going through all these challenges we go through here in a human body? I truly believe it's to learn. It is to learn a valuable experience that gives us the wisdom to carry on. Because you always find out when you are challenged and you rise to that occasion, what do you end up with? confidence. You end up with joy. You end up with motivation. So I think we are constantly challenged in our everyday life from the moment we wake up to the moment we lay our heads down and until our life here in this world is over. And um, if you try to think of it positively, then I think you can deal with it in a better aspect because many times, and I, I go through this myself, we deal with it with wanting to hide. Yeah. Put me into a closet. Yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do yeah. anything because yeah. I don't want to fail. <laughs> I don't want to have pain. But I think once you let go of that, and you say, okay, let me experience today, no matter what it brings me, say a little prayer, and just go out there, you find the strength. It sounds very spiritual to me, the way you speak. So this might be a very good moment to ask you this question. Yes. What is spirituality to you? And what is to be spiritual? Spirituality to me is everything in the sense that I believe in a higher power than just being in this plane. I believe that um, I believe in a God um, and I believe that we were put here for a reason and that we have a purpose in life. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your other question? To be spiritual, the idea of being a spiritual person, what does it look like from your perspective? Oh, from my perspective, I think it's to enter life with a joy, with a, that it's a treasure, a treasure to be held within our hearts and to always have that hope. Because if you have hope, 
you always have a spiritualness that something the next day will be better, that um, we can learn from this and we can move on. Mm, so true. I usually don't use the word hope. I don't know why. I have replaced it with trust. Oh, I like that. Yes, I like that too. For some reason, it resonates more true to me, to the things, the activities of the mind and body, trusting for some reason. Another topic that's fascinating is finding purpose in this lifetime. So I guess the question is, how do we know when we have found our purpose? What are the signs? Well, we know when we find our purpose when I think it's something that you flourish to do every day. Now, we have other purposes. I truly believe in our life. The challenges, those are also purposes. Life is not easy. It is not. And I don't care if you have everything handed to you or you have all the money in the world you could possibly want. Life is still hard because we are, I think, having faith. It, we will not have that peace, that genuine peace of no issues until we do move to that different plane, that different, um, you know, we, when we pass on. But in this world, we have a purpose. So when we were young, we had a purpose to grow. You know, when we had our children, we got married, we had a purpose. And as we age, the more you find your purpose, the more you find joy in your life. So purposes do change. It's not that you're 15 and you go, okay, that's it. <laughs> I found my purpose. I'm done. <laughs> oh, no, true. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Purpose is always, always changing. And when I found my purpose and um, I found, I think, a joy to just um, – live my life. I couldn't wait to get to it and to to do it. So that's how I think you know when you find your purpose. Yeah, so it is connected to joy. For me, it has a sense of inner peace too. Yes. Of course, um, they all come together. Beautiful answer. I love your wisdom, Mary. Oh, well, and thank you. We still have a lot to talk about today, <laughs> yes. but it's beautiful to listen to you. And I'm going to ask you another open question. What do you know to be true about life today in this moment? That life happens and life has twists and turns. And um, to wake up every day and embrace life. And um, that's how I look at it. I love when you say that. It sounds very simple when you say life happens. Yet, and, and you know what, Valeria? I truly believe we think everything is so, so complicated and life is complicated. But when you listen to somebody who has, truly has that inner peace, it's because they have found that simplicity in a life that is so complex. And we all stumble, we all fall. And many times, and I, you know, this is, um, you know, never, ever give up on yourself. 
try to pick yourself up again and take that next step. And sometimes that gives you that strength and energy to carry on when there are times you say, oh, that's it. I can't go any further. That's another powerful message. I actually have that as the title of yes. this episode. Never, ever give up on yourself. Yes. <laughs> that resonated so true to me. Reading your work. Yeah, that was it. Don't give up on yourself. And then, of course, we have to unpack that. Uh, what does it really mean, not uh, giving up on your, ourselves? Mm -hmm. How can we love ourselves and be true to ourselves and at the same time care for others and connect with them? How do we find that balance? So that has been a challenge for me for so many years yeah. to boundary work, being able to say no and not feeling guilty about it. Yep. And, you know, not only yourself, but everybody, because the first place I truly believe you have to begin is yourself before you can love others and do other wonderful things in other people's lives. You have to love yourself because when we don't like ourselves, um, then what happens is, as if, you know, happened for me, you build up a resentment yeah, and right. all of those negative energies, right, are taken out on somebody else. Like, I know when I'm having a bad day, I feel sorry for my husband <laughs> because <laughs> I take that. it out on him. And wow. while well, he does the same thing to me, and in my mind, I think, touche, you're having a bad day or my kids. I remember when the kids were growing and they were the teenagers and they would just, just be so like, um, maybe they weren't nice to their mother or their father. They should be, but they were so frustrated over something. And the way to find that love for yourself, I truly believe is once you do find that passion for something mm. and, yeah. um, you love it, you experience it, you gain confidence. And at that point, okay, everybody in our world is they're looking to say to you, no, 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 you're not good enough. You're not this. And you tell yourself, stick with it. If it's such a passion in your heart, I truly believe because that's what I dealt with that. And, but it took me 10 years. Stick with it. Stick with it. And because that passion, number one, gives you that reason for purpose. So, um, it, it, it just helps you to take every day as a challenge and to trust. I love that word now, trust and, and adding it to the hope that the next day will be better and something positive will happen. And I can tell you, it took me, Valeria, the 10 years. I My goal was to become a traditionally published author. Um, back then, you didn't have what you have today where self-publishing, those were taboos or other ways. So I stuck with it. I stuck with it. Why? Because I loved it so much. The creativity just made me want to get up every day. And when I was happy with myself, oh boy, that <laughs> energy goes out to everybody else. It's all about being at peace here, solving conflicts within so we can solve conflicts out there. It's not possible to try to do that the other way around. And we do try that. I know I tried it too, and it didn't work. Yeah. And, and, and life, life is not easy. And I truly believe if you start with yourself and you love yourself, 
you are not going to let somebody walk all over you. And again, those are all the challenges in life and everybody has them. I needed to hear that. <laughs> a lot of times not easy to express because for me, I guess, has been one of my values is to express the truth or my truth in a kind way. So yes. balance truth and kindness. It won't work for me if I'm just trying to be truthful, but then, yeah, I'm not kind about it. It won't make Ex me feel good. Exactly. Oh, kindness is wonderful. You get all of a sudden you get this inner energy, right? And it just flows out. So there's a flow to it. It feels natural to me yes. to kind of combine truth and kindness. At this time, what do you feel is the world's greatest need? <sighs> What do I feel is the world's greatest? Oh my God, the world needs so much. <laughs> yes, but, that's true. but I mean, it's going to be, <laughs> right? It's going to be your simplest answer. If we can, like in my faith, it's always been um, to show that love and compassion for your neighbor. And if you can do that and they can then do that, you know, we can help each other. But, um, yeah, the world has so, so many problems. And I think if we each could do one good thing a day for the world, I think it just multiplies. Yes, I agree. That's another powerful, beautiful message. Thank you. There's a word in one of your books that I'll try to pronounce here. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> one, take one. <laughs> uh, so you have published two books, fiction books, novels, and the titles are The Girl and the Toile Wallpaper and Tiger's Love Bubble Bath and Obsession Perfume. Who knew? <laughs> oh my yes. God, what an interesting <laughs> title. So talk to me about the main inspiration and intention of writing these books. Well, as I said, I've always, I've always, my whole life, I put it on the back burner because I worked in the finance field and um, then I raised a family. And as you're raising a family and I always had these desires for fantasy yeah. <laughs> to write in fantasy yeah. because life is too real. Mm. And that was my mm. escape. But it went on the back burner. So I was influenced my debut novel. Um, titled Tiger's Love, Bubble Bats, and Obsession Perfume, who knew, was an actual event in my life. I witnessed, I visited a wildlife um, reserve in St. Augustine, Florida, and it's like an old folks home for big cats, um, tigers, lions, panthers. And at the end of my tour, I see this big vat 12 feet wide, five feet high, overflowing with bubbles. And I said, who is this for? And out walks this 600-pound Siberian tiger. I'm behind a very thin cage and looks like as though he's taking off a rope, slips into this vat of bubbles, sticks his tongue out, the wildlife handler's <laughs> there, and sprays obsession perfume. And Valeria, I said, that yeah. is the title of my next novel. And it became a metaphor because as these big cats are tossed aside and they're starting all over again in this reserve, my protagonist, it, the, the Tiger's Book, is a mystery romance 
intertwined with a spiritual twist. And basically, my protagonist, Angie, is starting over again. She's tossed aside like an old shoe after 25 years of marriage, and she has to start again. But it is one murder after another. Is she the murderer? Or will she be murdered? So that's the journey I take the reader on. And the spiritual part comes in because um, the reader is allowed to witness something that happens to people she encounters. And they still have at the end, they may not be at the end of their lives, but they still have this burning in their heart for this one desire. And as their wish is fulfilled, that's where the death or the murders are coming in. So my protagonist never sees quite what is going on, but the reader sees everything. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what comes to me is this is coming from imagination, of course, as well. Right, Mary? It's a combination of being inspired by the real world, as you call it, and then also being able to imagine that fascinates me because I usually think about intuition and imagination as being one, but I'm not sure now if it is they are yeah. connected. And and thus the purpose, like for me, this is my second chapter in my life because my first chapter was obviously, you know, growing, getting married, having the family. And as they adulted, this became my chapter two in my life. And this gave me purpose because within my writing, I'm able to put in a spirituality to it, not a preaching, but a spirituality. And also at the same time, give you an escape. By, I love to write in fantasy because, as I say, my real life is too real. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's interesting to hear. That is calling my attention to the way you say it. It's too real. Huh? What is the difference between spirituality and religion? Um, you know what? I think it's each person. It says each person looks at that. Um, I was raised a Catholic. So, and, um, my faith is very important to me. So my spirituality comes from that. Some people look to a spirituality just in the way they live their lives. Some people look at nature. There are always different faiths. And for each person, I think it's a different journey. So it doesn't mean mine is right or yours is wrong or anything. It's really, I think, what helps a person through their lives. And um, it, sometimes it could be, like I said, it could be something simple as stepping outside your door and looking at the change of seasons. And for some people, that's their spirituality. Uh, so that was the second book. The first, we, we didn't talk about the girl in the... Uh... The Toile Wallpaper. Now again, yes. I love to write with quirky titles. Yeah, I see that. Toile <laughs> yeah. is such a part of our everyday lives. But people don't really know that it's called Toile. And what Toile is, is a wall covering or a fabric or a decor that is a vibrant, like two vibrant colors 
and it tells a story. So you may have a scene. You can, it could be anything contemporary, colonial. It could be anything antique, where you may see people frolicking, or you may see um, just standalone objects. But the scene continues, and you have several different scenes. But it is so vibrant, and it tells a story. So I had a wall covering in when I lived in the Northeast. I and I still love toile. Um, I had many toile wall coverings, and I would walk by and I would see people. Oh, they're having so much fun! I see love. I see betrayal. I see this. I see that. And I said, "That's it. I'm writing a novel." And it became the first of a trilogy titled "The Star Writers Trilogy." And again, I take you on a fantasy journey in the contemporary, but I take you back in time to um, my my protagonist. He he's put into a toile with the girl that was put into a toile couple centuries ago, and he is going to be the reason he is going to help her. Now, why was she placed in the toile? Because of her family loyalty, family loyalty several centuries ago. And I take you into Florence, Italy and Siena, Italy. Um, you had to marry who your family told you to marry, but your heart wants what your heart wants. So my uh, main character, Lily, wants what her heart wants, but the um, antagonist wants her not to have what her heart wants, therefore places her into the toile. And I just take you on this wonderful journey. And the Girl in the Toile wallpaper incorporates romance, which we it's just so wonderful to have in your life. So I have a coming-of-age romance. I have a 30-something romance. I have a 20-something romance. And unfortunately, I have divorce, which is the ending of a romance. But as I take you on this fantasy journey, I do put the spirituality into it, which is part of these people's lives and how they learn and how they move forward. And um, I have villains. I have wonderful people. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> how incredible. And I don't have the um, habit, per se, to read fiction books. Yes. And then I was just listening to you, and it just makes so much sense that instead of watching a movie, it's better to read the book oh. because we, we just create, visualize within our own minds, and it's not giving to us the visuals. Of course, everybody knows that, how powerful it is to have that experience. But you're getting me interested oh, <laughs> in fiction it. books. That's different, <laughs> I'd say. You say, when a tough journey enters our life, it is for a reason. And instead of fighting it, embrace it. That's an amazing thing to do if we can to, instead of fighting, resisting something, we just embrace it. Um, I'm wondering how how can we do that in a way that feels natural? Because I can tell you from my own experience, I have tried and it didn't feel natural to embrace something that I didn't really agree with or didn't want to yes. be yeah, yeah. close to. Well, I felt just like you, Valeria, because um, when I was experiencing a severe anxiety, it manifested itself in my body 
through, um, I thought I was developing this disease. Uh, my, my arms were becoming numb. My legs were becoming numb and I was fighting it. I was going to medical doctors and blah, blah, blah. And it was a journey, a journey I did not want to go on. It was like, but fine, give me that pill. Let me deal with the anxiety. Well, I learned and I, now that I've crossed that bridge, I can, I am grateful for the fact that I did go through that. And, um, and it, it, you know, and I was able to learn through therapy. I was able to learn, um, I, and, you know, and at the time I, Valeria, I was so ashamed that I couldn't handle it. I kept it hidden within me and I was silent. And once I started, it took, it was a journey that took a year, over a year and a half for me to figure out. And when I finally figured it out, it, it, it really, was that um, my family unit died. It was dead. And that sounds so horrible. But what it meant for me was the babies I raised, the toddlers that I chased, the teenagers I stayed up all night. That part of my life was done. And I was not, I mean, on the outside, I said, oh, this is wonderful, blah, blah, blah. You know, I have beautiful children that have become adults. They were still in my life. That wasn't it. It was just something within that subconscious I had to come to terms with as I aged. And once I was able to learn, didn't happen overnight, had to come to terms with it. Then, and, and I mean, God, I, 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 as I say this, I'm always dealing and as many women and men do constantly dealing with anxiety. Everything in life is anxious. But if you have the right tools, that um, that helps you. And then once you learn from that, then you can move forward. What was the most helpful tool, Mary, for you? What would you say, like the number one tool? Or was it a combination of them? Oh, it was definitely a combination. It was... Um, realizing what the problem was. And it was something so simple as Mary, think of a picture in your head that you visualize something, something that gives you such great joy and pleasure. And Valeria, what I envisioned in my head was my three children and my husband and myself standing around um, our island and preparing food together. And, and, and then I cried for a month because that was where my journey began to heal myself. Like what is going on in my life that I'm feeling all this anxiety and unhappiness and depression. And I just had to come to terms with the part of my life that had moved on. And that's where I had to find something for that gave me pleasure. And that's where my, I was already writing and I was not published yet, but my writing would give me such joy and such pleasure. And one thing you realize when you have a passion for something, it takes you out of yourself because you're just concentrating on that. So where does that anxiety go? That anxiety 
leaves for that point, for that moment or that hour or whatever. And then if you can learn how to do things like that to help you in dealing with it, then that makes such a difference. Right. So focusing, kind of finding an outlet, something to focus on. It's not ourselves. Yes. Our own. And and by no means Mm. am I dissing medication because I'm being honest with you and your audience. I did take anxiety medication, which, um, but I, for me, I learned that it wasn't the magic pill. I still had to do all the, um, the therapy and figure out how to work within, within that for myself, what was best. And when I was able to handle it from a point of strength, then I was able to wean myself, but I will never that. And again, that was a learning journey. Whatever somebody is going through, uh, you take them seriously because they're suffering. They're suffering quietly sometimes. And that's where I always say, never, ever give up on yourself ever stick with your passion. And I can promise you not overnight, but someday that your dreams will come true as well. If this is something that's such a part of your soul and your heart. Mm. What makes writing so healing, Mary? Well, I see it as a spiritual practice as well, but on the healing side, what is it about writing that it's so healing? It, it because and it, again it is used in therapy because um, a therapist will tell you write your thoughts down once you get them out of your head and you put them on paper yeah it, it, there's some kind of magic that happens. yeah right <laughs> right that's it right and but I love to write in fantasy so I'm trying to make magic on paper and that's what I love to do. Oh my God, magic. That keeps coming back to me that the world is too real. It's almost like you're coming from the soul, the spirit that knows that this is actually not its final destination. It's not from here. So you're finding, creating a different world that is more spiritual, more magical, as you say. Right. And, and it doesn't have to be writing. For people, it's just walking in nature. It's helping other people. Um, it's just doing what you love. And you know it when you love it. You want to jump out of bed and do it. Yeah, so that's so true. <laughs> yeah, the passion, the, the joy that for me has been inner peace. In the beginning, like when I started interviewing people here with the, with the podcast, it was so exciting that I was, oh, the body was all over the place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't stay still. And then now it's more grounded in a sense of peace. I feel a lot more grounded in inner peace. Like, wow, the heart feels very fulfilled and, right, and present. Right. And, and thus you reached your purpose, right? It feels so, like it, it yes. really, really does feel. But I know it's not a destination. So I keep myself open yes. to grow and evolve. And wherever life takes me or the heart takes me, that's the next place yes. to go. It's not really a place, but it's the next, let's say, growth realm. And I'm always yes. open to it. So there's another thing that caught my attention. You wrote, on the outside, I pretended to be happy, but I suffered silently because I was ashamed. Yeah. So that's another, that also caught my attention, stopped me there because um, I was just wondering, why do we pretend to be happy? I did that too myself. 
Why are we so ashamed to be sad or to feel sad about certain things or certain situations in our lives or moments? I mean, I know they pass. Nothing stays the same. That's one thing that I always keep in mind. Whatever is happening will pass. That that is the most, I mean, if you can say anything at all, that is the most wonderful thing. If people get it into their head, what you exactly just said, it too shall pass. You know, right. So we're living in the moment like this is the most worst thing that could have ever happened. This too shall pass. But, you know, both men and women, not just women, we all experience this because it's like we are supposed to be able to handle it. And if you can't handle it, you're considered weak. And so we all wear that face, that happy face, right? Everybody does. And many times we suffer silently with that. And that's what it was. I was ashamed to say to somebody that I was feeling this way and I couldn't handle it. And then it was only when I started to speak about it to a friend who said, oh, Mary, let's get you some help that I started to feel better. So... How do you define true power, true strength these days? How do I define true power through strength? Is to, or nowadays, you know what it is, Willa? Waking up every morning. <laughs> yes, That's it. Right. Just get up and get uh, out of bed. <laughs> Start there. I think that's what gives me the strength. If I could get up, get out of bed, because many times when you look around what's going on around you and what we just experienced, you just want to stay in bed all day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just taking that one step, one simple step, one step in front of the other. Mm, yeah, that's yeah, not to take too much in. And, and there's one thing that I don't do well, and I always tell myself, If I could just find this, like you said, to live in the moment, if you can just live in that moment that you're in, instead of thinking ahead, okay, an hour from now, three hours from now, three days from now, a month from now, you can live in that moment, that inner peace will find you. And I struggle with that, to live in the moment. We all do. Uh, I do a lot of practices, meditation, I mean, you name it, all these practices, but it still happens. So I'm wondering, what does it take to get to the point of always being in the moment? Is that something that we will continue to practice? Or do you trust that one day we'll get there and find peace and stay grounded uh, in this very moment? I think it takes practice. I think you have to like physically scold yourself and say, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. stay in this moment. <laughs> yes, and then maybe it'll true. just attach <laughs> to yourself somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that really sounds wise to me. It sounds good, right? It's a practice. It's almost like we are training a part of us that's not used to stay still. That's we are unlearning some of, some of the lessons we have learned or the conditions that we have acquired throughout life. We're almost at the end, and I do have another question for you. The phrase where you say, which is, uh, I love that, never, ever give up on yourself. How do we know the difference between giving up and letting go and surrender to whatever is happening? Trust, in, in a sense. I think what to let go is something that has reached a point in your life that you cannot do anything else about it. And if you let it go, then you get that inner peace, okay? Be it a relationship, 
be it something that you really, really wanted, but you're not going to get and you finally just let it go. That I think to me, that's the difference. Whereas the other one to never, ever give up on yourself is if you have that soul wrenching dream that gives you the passion to wake up every day and continue, that will still give you happiness every day. And um, you'll never want to give up. And, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, there's this cosmic thing that happens. Some things just fall into place. Boom, 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 boom. And that's having trust, right? In a higher power, a trust in yourself, just having that faith and, and a gratefulness. Yes, that's another component. Yeah, beautiful you know, one. Because yeah. in our lives, it's not like every day is just perfect. You know, 24 hours a day, if we wrote down everything that happened, probably most of it is negative, <laughs> right? <laughs> I hope not, but yeah, <laughs> perhaps for some for some of us, it might right. be, right? Especially if we are focusing on that. I try not to focus. I don't watch TV and I don't focus on anything that's, um, it's a focus thing. It's an interesting, yes. uh, I have learned that. I pay attention to whatever fulfills my heart and my soul that makes me light, perhaps not happy all the time, but light and peaceful. I'm always attracted to those things. Um, so we're almost at the end. I do have a few more questions. Before that, Mary, would you like to add anything that you left unsaid or read a passage in one of your books? Um, I think if I read a passage in my book, we would go well over time. But no, again, it, it's just like never give up on yourself. And, you know, if you're looking for a little escape, you can find it in reading. Um, there are so many beautiful novels out there that give you, um, you know, that you like just movies, too. We walk away from a movie and right. We have a joy in our life and books give that to us, too. And that's what I love love to do. I love to write in a fantasy to inspire people and to give them joy and happiness. Yeah, I have bad things that happen and twists and turns, but that but that's what makes a good novel, right? <laughs> yeah, that's part of life for sure. You know? yeah. And I would love people to visit me on, on my author website, www.marykksavaresesecom You can connect with me there. And I offer a lot of things there. Mm, wonderful. I'll have those links. I have two websites, actually. I'll have them on your podcast profile. Oh, thank as well. you so yes. much. Thank you, Mary. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Before they lose the body. Well, obviously, you know, the most obvious love, a true love, right? And um, two other experiences, you know, um, uh, uh, the joy of responsibility, because I have always found when something is handed to me, I do not appreciate it as if I've earned it myself. Uh, right. And then um, the third is to find and, and really probably should have been the first right to find that like for everybody, it's a different journey, but to find that faith because life is hard. And if you have a reason to have faith and believe in a higher power, it makes your life easier. And then, um, you know, within my faith, I believe that when this, this life is over, that there is an eternity 
for us. Yes, right. So having faith is very important, yes. which I call trust mm -hmm. again, but it's the same thing. Thank you so much, Mary, for the messages that you are delivering to this reality. It's very much needed. Uh, deeper messages of love, of truth, of faith, as you call it. And I love the way you deliver the message, too, in a fun way. It's important to have fun in oh, this human experience. Absolutely. <laughs> if we're walking, if we're always walking around with the frown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So listening to you, it's a lot of fun. So, you know, <laughs> I can imagine uh, reading your books. <laughs> so you're a lot of fun. Thank you so much for adding that piece to we need that. Thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Mary. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Mary Kay Savarisi and her work, please visit MaryKaySavarisi.com and StarWritersTrilogy.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.